Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, January 19, 2023. I am Graham Jesus Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. We are one week out from the Royal Rumble. A lot to look forward to next week. We're going to have picks, previews, predictions for that pay-per-view coming up on WrestleRant Radio next Thursday. Today, though, we got an exclusive interview with WWE SmackDown superstar who has been on the show before as recently as a couple of months ago, Kofi Kingston, back to help me talk about the Royal Rumble, his respective spots in the matchup, what he's got going on right now, being on SmackDown, being on NXT, being a man of uh, wearing many hats right now. So we're going to talk to Kofi all about that here on the show today before breaking down Raw and Dynamite with Mr. Marceau and talking the passing and the legacy of the late, great Jay Briscoe, who passed away at the age of 38 on Tuesday. Just a horrific situation, very tragic, so more on that later on. If you want to check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio, you could do so every single Thursday right here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show to never miss a new episode every single Thursday. With that being said, guys, enjoy my exclusive interview with Kofi Kingston. All right, what's going on, guys? Graham Jesus and Matthews here at BleachReport.com. Heading into the Royal Rumble, we're talking to one of the stars of the Royal Rumble, Mr. Royal Rumble himself, Kofi Kingston. Oh, Kofi, what's going on, man? How are you? I, hey, man, I I appreciate the accolade, Mr. Royal Rumble, but I, I feel like I, I got I to gotta win one before I can officially take that name. You know, Shawn Michaels, they call him Mr. WrestleMania. He won several matches at WrestleMania. You can't, I, I don't know, I just feel like a fraud if you call me Miss. If I call myself Mr. Royal Rumble and I, I haven't even made the Final Four. So, you know, we, we, we're, we're going to get there. Hopefully one day we'll be able to officially uh, give myself that moniker. Well, my logic is that everyone calls Shelton Benjamin Mr. Money in the Bank, as they should. He's oh. never won the match. So, I don't know. I feel like it's equivalent to that. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, I see that. <laughs> I see that. I see that analogy. And since it's like, you know, Shelton's a 20-year uh, anniversary time, yep. I'll refrain from making any comment. That my first <laughs> was to, like, it, you know, get a, get a jab in there. Get a jab in there at Shelton, you know, as brothers do. But, uh, no, I'll, I'll let it slide. Well, talk about where you are right now, Kofi. You're on site. I love the background. Talk a little about what you got going hey, on. What happened to the NXT Tag Team Champions? Skirt. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. What is he doing with his NXT Championship title on his lap with this great backdrop? So I'll just move my camera around here. You can see I'm in the back of my pickup truck. You see that? Nice, there? nice. I got a lawn chair here. You know, my truck is over here. I, I literally, um, so my. Uh, <laughs> There was a, a nationwide, like, ground delay. They stopped all the planes because the computer system went down. And uh, I was crazy delayed, like, three hours. So I'm literally getting off the plane right now. I drove about 15 minutes away from the airport so there wouldn't be any noise and found a parking lot. It's kind of close to where I'm going to be picking up my kids in a couple hours. And um, just parked here, set up shop, and uh, we're going to do some interviews, you know? So this is, this is the nature of the beast. You know what I mean? You got to work with the scraps that you're given and work with what you got. It's crazy, man. You are Mr. WWE in many ways, having been in the main roster for, I mean, we've talked about this before and other times I've talked to you, but 15 years this month, 15 years this month, you talk about 20 years of Shelton Benjamin, everyone else, 20 years, Cena last year, 15 years coming up on January 22nd, and you're busier than ever. I mean, you're doing the SmackDown stuff still, you're on NXT, you got travel woes, obviously that stuff never goes away. Talking about being busier than ever right now in the schedule you're currently working with, heading into the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that is the nature of the beast, man. Like, um, you, you kind of get used to it. I feel like if this was early in my career, I might have been flustered or whatever. I was actually texting uh, Adam Hopkins, who, you know, puts all these interviews for us together. And I was in the air because like, I fell asleep on the plane. I'm like, oh, man, what time is it? Well, are we in East Coast time? Are we in Central time? And I was like, you know, so I had some reception. So I texted. I'm like, yeah, I'm in the air. I, I should be there by 1230 or whatever. Push everything back. You know, yeah. it's just like you, you get used to um, – 
adapting in WWE. If there's anything that you you would would uh, would assume about WWE that you would need to know that is synonymous with WWE is the unpredictability, as we know with what's been going on over the past like 48 hours or so, right? Like you have this whole this whole like you know year and two years in general has been so incredibly unpredictable between yeah. the pandemic and you know um Vince stepping down and Vince coming back which is awesome that he's back and um you know just uh it's it's a level of unpredictability that's the way like we we live by that you know we we expect things to uh go left go sideways and we have to figure out a way to kind of like keep them going so um it's only appropriate that as deep as I am into the into my career it hasn't gotten any uh, any less chaotic, and that's a great thing. That's really what makes WWE so special is that from, um, you know, what happens on screen and off screen, you just never know what's going to happen. So um, here we are, right, trying to figure yeah. it all out. Like you said, it's the nature of the beast, and you talk about unpredictability. I don't think anyone was ever expecting to see you on NXT. I mean, uh, obviously Woods was there at one point 10 years ago when it first started, but you never been on NXT as a you know member of the roster. We're seeing you weekly there now. Talk a little bit about that process. First of all, debuting on Tuesdays, a part of ECW 15 years later, you're back on Tuesdays with a different brand. A lot of changes, I guess. More things change, more they stay the same. But talk about going yeah. to NXT. Like I know Sean has talked openly about like wanting some people from the main roster. He brings you in. Was that an idea from you guys knowing, all right, we've kind of done all that we can in Raw and SmackDown for now. You're still on SmackDown, obviously, but was that a thought from you and Woods as well? Like, hey, maybe let's go test the waters over there? Or was that entirely an idea from Sean or elsewhere in WWE? Yeah, I mean, we'd always, like, we, we keep our eyes on, like, a lot of the tag teams, especially Pretty Deadly. We've been watching for a long time when they are in NXT UK. Um, so there's always been the desire to, like, want to mix it up with these guys, especially, like, the more you uh, get into your career, the more you feel the responsibility to kind of, like, give back, you know? Um, but for this in particular, uh, we were just called in the talent relations. They were like, Sean, Sean has a special request. Sean Michaels, he, you know, he, he needs you. He's requesting you guys at NXT. And when, when Sean calls, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. what do you, what do you say? You know, like, this is, this is a great opportunity, obviously, to be down there. But, uh, like, my, the hero of my wrestling childhood is, like, asking me to, to, to be a part of this experience. Of course I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, um, so for, for that reason and several others, it's, uh, it was a no-brainer, you know, just to be able to go down there and honestly, like, to feel that energy. I haven't felt that in a long time. You know, we're so far removed from that process where people are trying to figure their characters out or they're trying to figure themselves out and, you know, learn how to talk on the mic. And they're just in such a, an incubation, like, green stage. It's a beautiful thing mm -hmm. because you know that these guys are, like, the future of the industry. So to see them at this infancy stage is like, man, I can't wait to see what you guys are going to be when it's all said and done. And particularly like pretty deadly. We've got the chance to mix it up with over the past few weeks. We had them on the live events uh, last week and I, I, you know, I'll never tell them this to their face, but I love them. You know, I, I love, I love their characters. I love their confidence. And I'm really in, uh, just ex uh, excited to see like where they end up because they're so far ahead of the game in terms of like what they know and what they feel in their instincts. And mainly character stuff like that's the key to find a character that is identifiable with the people and and not necessarily that like people want to go out and wear like you know i don't even I mean, do you even call that a crop top like it's like <laughs> it's something yeah. just, like i don't know i don't even know how to describe it but even like people that you would like would hate you know what i'm saying like that you that, that draw emotion out of you and these guys like you know people see them walk out. They don't even say a word and they're automatically getting booed. So like that is a, a huge step in the right direction. So um, it's just been a, a real joy to mix it up with some of these young guys down in NXT. Um, I think the future is very bright for WWE, 100%. Yeah, you talk about like they walk out there and just get those boos immediately. Very reminiscent of or like early, late 2014, early 2015 New Day. Like very reminiscent yeah. in that way, which is why you guys work so well, not only in the yeah. ring, but in the segments too. I mean, some of the stuff you guys have done in the last month has been incredibly entertaining. We're looking forward to seeing more of that. But you talk about giving back before we get into the Rumble stuff. I know you actually have a project going on right now in Ghana with your mother, right? With a GoFundMe you guys yeah. have set up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's uh, so my mom and I have set up the Click for Quality Education Foundation, and Click stands for Computer Lab and Integrated Centers of Knowledge. And essentially, these are computer labs and libraries that we're providing for uh, junior uh, junior high school students in um, in Ghana 
So I think um, in, in the United States and, and all over the world, we are very like, um, I don't even, I don't, I don't want to say spoiled, but we don't really, there's a lot of things that we can't imagine like living without, you know, Absolutely. a lot of kids these days have cell phones. I can pull up my cell phone right now and look up any kind of information that I wanted to, you know, and, and at the, at the click of a button, you know, um, in Ghana, there are kids who, uh, are, are high school students who have never been to a library, you know, they've never been to, um, you know, or, or even use the computer when the teachers are, are teaching kids about computers, they're using like rocks and dirt and sand and drawing like keyboards in the, in the ground. And how can you get a, a real understanding of what an actual computer is, let alone like how to use one, you know? So, uh, my mom and I, um, you know, want to just provide kids with, uh, just, a, a, a fair shot. You know what I mean? Like, um, a lot of them have to take these standardized tests. You're held to the same standard as people who have been born and raised with computers and you're expected to do just as well, but you just don't have the equal footing. So we're trying to give them that equal footing by providing these computer labs and, um, and, and libraries for them just so they can, you know, benefit uh, reap the benefits of uh, of of education that we still have all over the world that's awesome man that's a great cause and people got to check it out i mean is there any like link that people can visit to help and, and yeah. help donate and stuff like that for sure yeah we have a a, a gofundme going on right now if you just look up uh, at click fqe at gofundme or www.gofundme.com backslash click fqe it'll take you to the donation page because even though we've done like a lot of work um, we, we still do have a lot left to do. Um, the computers are something that we still actually need and we're trying to fundraise towards. We had a couple of prospects that um, were uh, potentially going to provide the computers. Those have all fallen through. So we're kind of uh, depending on the kindness of, of others and the generosity of others to, to keep it going and um, to, um, you know, allow us to finish the, proje the project because we want to do many of them. This is the mm -hmm. first of what will hopefully be many. But um, yeah, like I said, if you go to GoFundMe.com slash click FQE, you can donate. And if you can't donate, that's fine, too. If you can just spread the word, that'd be great on all social media platforms. It's just at click FQE on Twitter, on Instagram, if you want to stay up to date with all the, uh, the, all the latest goings on. Um, but we're really excited about it. And we're really uh, happy to be able to do something special for these, uh, for these children. That's awesome, man. Like you said, keeping busy, not only with the stuff that we see on screen, but this sort of stuff as well that we don't hear nearly enough about. I mean, people need to know more about this sort of stuff. So it's great stuff. But like we said, Royal Rumble coming up very quickly at the end of the month. Like I said, a lot of association between you and the Rumble last year marked 10 years since we started seeing those Kofi Kingston illustrious saves and stuff like wow. that. I know you've talked a lot about it in the past, but with that handstand from 2012, going back to the very beginning, obviously that wasn't, that was the beginning of it. I'm sure you didn't know at that point it would start 10 years of saves and whatnot, but for that handstand, it's still one of the most impressive ones you've pulled off yet. Can you talk about like, was that the culmination of everything? Like all the work that you put into the gym and like training for something like that? Like how does something like that happen? So that just the, like, uh, I think it was either that day or even like, I know it was like less than a week that I had the idea to even do it because mm -hmm. I realized like, so John Morrison was the guy who got knocked off the apron and he Spider-Manned all the way to the barricade and then yep. like ran over and then jumped over uh, back to the ring. And, um, you know, when he, the next rumble, he was gone. He wasn't with the company anymore. So I'm like, Oh, who can, who can fill that void? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Let me go ahead and slide up in there. And the handstand just like came about um, like th at that moment. And at the time, I hadn't done a handstand in maybe like a decade. Wow. So if you notice, most people, when they do like a handstand, they walk the other way. I couldn't walk the, the, the other way. So if you watch it, you see me kind of like walking backwards. It, that was the, it was the only way that I could, I could do it. So I'm like, okay, this this might work if I get the chance to do it. And um, yeah, it's just uh, like when people were going nuts for it, I was like, okay, let's see what we can do the next year. And then, like you said, man, um, even all the way up until like last year, going forward and like not being able to do it. You know what I mean? I'm like... <laughs> So um, it, it, I think it's it's cool. It's a cool like like thread and a, and a story that people expect to see. Uh, but I've always taken the mentality of like either something will come to me, or it won't, or I'll I'll make it, or I won't. Like last year. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's pretty cool to be in that spotlight where people are looking to me to bring something unique to a situation and a, and a pay per view that has been around for like what. 30 years is it yeah, like 35 40 years, years now? Yeah. like 
come on, man. Like, so yeah, anytime you can be a staple in WWE for any reason, like that's a, that's a great thing. It's an impressive thing because there's so much talent on the roster and there has been a lot of talent for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you talk about these spots too and, and, and coming up with them and having it become like a tradition at the pay-per-view, being synonymous with the pay-per-view at this point. Every year, people look forward to what you're going to do in the match. Um, but with that being said, as far as like you talk about each one that you've pulled off year after year, there's a lot of people that have also helped in a lot of these spots. Obviously, you've been yeah. responsible for 99% of them. But, oh, yeah. you know, Rusev one year, Tenzai another, um, oh, you know, yeah. obviously a new day. Yeah. Yeah. So just talk about that and like, who do you think is has helped you? And not only just coming up with the spots themselves, but just yeah. obviously that's a lot of it is you, but and just helping you put them together and helping you execute them as smoothly as you have. Well, I always give credit to everybody involved in the situation. So it's very similar to like WWE as a whole, right? Like we as superstars get all the credit because we're on the mic, we're in front of the cameras, we're in the matches, but none of that happens unless the ring crew comes in and they put the rings together, the lighting comes in and the production crew and the people who are getting all the backstages together. Like there, it is so much that has to come together in order for this one show to kick off, let yeah. alone like having shows run multiple times a week all throughout the year. So um, similarly for the Royal Rumble, like the people who were involved in that, in the, in the, in the spot are like, I give them all the credit in the world. Like if Tenzai falls down, like I fall down too. If Rusev falls down, if the Rosebuds drop me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like if Miz doesn't push my feet enough or he pushes them too far, like I, so there's a lot that goes into it. Um, as far as coming up with them, like my uh, guy who I always used to bounce stuff off of was Hornswoggle. You know, we always used to room together. We used to travel yeah. together in the hotel room. Like, for example, the pogo stick one. Um, he was like, well, what are you going to come up with? I'm like, dude, I don't know. What are you going to come up with? What, what are you going to get, like, a pogo stick and hop <laughs> to the ring? Oh, ho, ho, ho. And I'm like, huh. Let me go over here. So I got out from under the covers. You know what I'm saying? I go over to, like, the chair in the room. And I'm like, oh, if I can lock it in, let's see if we can yeah. do this tomorrow at TV. And sure enough, like, now we have another another deal. So, um, yeah, Hornswoggle has always been the guy, but now it's weird because uh, everybody, like who, like people come to me with suggestions. Hey, can you do this? <laughs> ooh, ah, ooh, I don't even have to like think about it anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, definitely a lot of credit to all the people involved in uh, in in the execution because without them, like it just you know it just doesn't happen, right? So yeah, yeah it's all good, man. You mentioned that you practiced the pogo stick one on TV right before the rumble. Is that like a recurring case with all of them or just some of them? Some of them I know you can't, it's it's a one-time thing and then you got to do it. But how many of these do you practice yeah. ahead of time? Yeah, I don't know. I don't recall. I mean, I, I don't, you can't really like practice it to the, to the full extent. Sure. Yeah. Because when you have the crowd involved and everything is live, like it's a lot different, yeah. but um, I, I, with the pogo stick one, I wanted to see if it was even possible to like hang on to a chair or like see if that would work. Uh, the handstand, I want to see if I could actually still do a handstand, you know. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, everything else is just like, you know, you you just hope that it that it goes the way that you that you plan. Right. Yeah. And again, like if it does, it does. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. You just walk to the back <laughs> like, like everybody else. So it's all good, man. And I like the fact that in the 2020 Rumble, we didn't really see like a cool like save spot. You came in, you went right after Brock. You guys had that history. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, it was a different tone. Was that a conscious decision on your part or Vince's or anyone else's going into that Rumble? Uh, No, no. I mean, I I, I think, um, you know, the story that we wanted to tell there, uh, if you recall, I think Brock was in like that first half, right? Yeah. Like just throwing everybody out. Um, So I think that was really where the focus was, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had something on tap. But it just didn't um, – the situation didn't, you know, like like call for it. Yeah. So above all else, you know what I mean? Like I know there's an element of like a lot of the old school vets will come in and tell you, well, you got to be selfish. You got to come in. You got to step on toes. <laughs> and there's an element of that, like taking time for yourself when the time is right. But uh, we want to make sure that the crowd gets the best story possible, you know. And if that involves you like having to – um, withdraw something that you wanted to do. Like you, you make that sacrifice for the crowd, you know, um, I, I, at least I do, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I think that's always been the mentality is that like you, uh, you work for it, you work for the match, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, um, but that to me was like a cool enough moment because a lot of people wanted to see, like, I never got a rematch against Brock, you know, yeah. and a lot of people are still mad about that. Um, but um, to be able to, like, have that face-to-face, -face, I'm like, this is great. This is perfect. And everybody who was involved in that actually had um, an issue with Brock, right? So yep. myself, 
he was in there. Um, uh, I think it was Rey Mysterio, uh, Rey Mysterio, Mysterio, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Brock had, like, messed up Dominic, like, yep. the week before or something. So it was a great little, like, storytelling. Mm -hmm. Like, all of us who had this issue with this monster, we're all going to come together from all the different villages, and we're going to go after the, the, yeah. the, the mythical monster. And we failed, but it was okay because <laughs> we tried. You know what I mean? Like, everybody understood what was going on, man. So um, I thought it was um, just a cool way, again, to stand out in the Royal Rumble by uh, using like the what we already had in terms of the storyline that was set, and yeah. in, um, in in all those interactions with all of the people involved in the ring at that time. Last question for you, Kofi. You mentioned this a moment ago, but are there any of the Rumble saves that you either couldn't do, or that you wanted to do, or that got axed, or whatever that you can share? But maybe you might be saving them for another time, so you might not be able to. I understand. Yeah, I, I might. I might have to wait until uh, until my <laughs> career is all set and sure. done, to where I literally have no. Uh, there, there will be no way that I can, I can, you know, uh, well, I be involved all, yeah. in the Royal Rumble matches because, uh, as you can imagine, it gets to be pretty difficult and few and far between. You have so many incredible athletes. I mean, uh, Casey Catanzaro, when they did the Women's Rumble a couple years ago, yeah. she was amazing. Even last night, um, uh, Sol Ruka, right, uh, and, and NXT, like yeah. their, their Battle Royal. She's out there. She is such an incredible athlete, like the, the things that she can do. So this is what I'm talking about when I say like the future is bright with NXT. Yeah. Like she hasn't been in the industry for a very long time, but you can tell like once she starts to put everything together and she's able to combine that incredible, like top tier athleticism with like story, she's going to be amazing. She's going to be so awesome. Like you just so watching her last night do her thing. She's out there doing her handstand the right way. To the point, oh, let me show out a little bit. Oh, I'll put one foot down. I'll put it back up. I walk halfway around the world to get back in. Like, the athletes are just so incredible, um, you know. So, all, all that to say, like, I, I can't really divulge what I'm, what I'm yep. going to do or what I'm thinking about doing because I might end up using it in some way, shape, or form uh, before it's all said and done. So, we'll have to just, uh, you know, keep watching and see what happens. Exactly. We're going to have to look for you. You're the first person to declare for this year's men's Royal Rumble match. So we're yes. obviously going to see you in the match. You're confirmed. You're good to go. We're looking forward to that. Yeah. You're Mr. Like I said, like I said, Kofi, Mr. Royal Rumble, Mr. WWE in many ways for the last 15 years. Congrats on that, man. That is awesome. You're always doing interviews around this time of year. Two years ago, last yeah. year, I talked to you in Springfield before the house show last year. You, you buried me when we were doing the backstage uh, interview yeah. when I was on the incline. <laughs> and I still, hey, I, you know, Okay. Well, yeah, I know what you were trying to do. I know what you were trying to do. You know, <laughs> people try to do it all the time. You know, it's a it's a height focused business. Well, I can't train you how to be six eight. <laughs> so we had people who don't know go back and watch the interview. But you know, homeboy tried to stand up on the incline of the hill, the tall part of the hill, so he could look at the top of my head and look over me. And I said, "Oh no, I know what you're doing." So I walked around and I made sure that I was the tall one in the interview. You know what I mean? And you were looking up at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I had to yes, had to call you out on that. Yeah. I was guilty. You're right, Kofi. You don't forget. I appreciate it. You're always awesome. One more time, gofundme.com backslash click FQE. Is that the correct link? That's correct. Perfect. People could check it out, Kofi. Everything you got going on. I appreciate the time. You're always awesome. Congrats again, and best of luck on the Rumble, man. I appreciate it. Right on, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Kofi. Take care. Big thanks to Kofi for the time. I absolutely love the fact that he remembered our interaction from a couple of months ago in Springfield, the backstage interview we did at a house show. The video of which, as he mentioned, is here on, or not here, but rather on... I mean, the audio is here on the show from WrestleRant Radio, the video of which is on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant from late last year. You can check it out from a couple of months ago, back from like September. We filmed it in August, um, but he's always great to chat with, so check out everything Kofi's got going on right now. The article version of that interview is going to be dropping on Bleach Report sometime late next week, right before the Rumble, so keep an eye out for that, as well as the video version of that very same interview on WrestleRant, my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant around that same time next week, right before the pay-per-view. Speaking of which, we got a lot to get into with Raw, Dynamite, Jay Briscoe, a lot to break down here on WrestleRant Radio. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, how are you? Doing all right, doing all right. Heading into the Royal Rumble. I know I dropped the news on you as a surprise on Tuesday, but I'm headed to the Rumble next week and I'll be missing you. I know, the kid literally just like, threw it out there, acted like it was like a known thing. It was just like, yeah, maybe I'll see someone at the Rumble. I'm like, wait, are you going? <laughs> Well, I guess you're going. I actually also spoiled you. I'm going to be number 30, and, uh, you know, I spoiled it like Cody. I'm all, everyone's all upset that I spoiled that in advance. We're flying solo? Flying solo. Oh, no, Alexis is going. Alexis is there. She'll be in the women's rumble. Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. She's number one. I'll be number thirty in the in the men. She'll be number one, uh, one in the women. Uh, I already, I already, I already uh, warned local authorities that you're gonna be in the area. What? Come on, back in Texas. Oh no, we went to Nashville. I was in Texas last year for Mania in in Dallas. But uh, yeah, I'll be in uh, authorities. Don't worry. I'll I'll be checking out the Alamo while we're there too. Probably. Hey, remember the Alamo? <laughs> I'll send you a picture of my cowboy hat on. I look Sounds forward to good. it. What'd you say? Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. But uh, no, I look forward to that next weekend. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Cody Rhodes returning for the Royal Rumble uh, coming up next week. And we talked a little bit about it last week, Mr. Marceau. It's official now. He will be in the men's Royal Rumble matchup. And I'm going to be all over here uh, with, with our thoughts on various things. Uh, we will get to the Jay Briscoe stuff momentarily. That was obviously the biggest news story of the week. I'll get to that in the AEW stuff in a moment because it kind of ties in with each other. But as far as WWE goes, um, Cody Rhodes officially in the Royal Rumble next weekend, announcing it on Monday Night Raw, his return from injury. Uh, your thoughts on that and the fact that it's not a surprise. Some people were upset. I honestly don't really see the issue because it builds anticipation for the matchup. He's got a great story. I'm perfectly fine with them announcing it in advance. Yeah, I had no problem either. I thought, uh, just the, I mean, with the video package they were doing, it was just kind of a matter of if, not when he was going to announce it. I didn't think they were going to do those like comeback videos, and then he just wasn't going to say anything. So doing it this week, I thought they'd maybe wait, if they wait the next week or maybe come out, but I guess we're not going to see him next week on Raw. I mean, maybe we could, but I doubt it. But I didn't have a problem with them announcing it just because I think it was just kind of known. I feel like we all thought he was coming back, so just announcing it beforehand, it doesn't really kill it to me. I don't think it's like, oh, you ruined a surprise. Like, I think we all thought he was coming back, especially the direction they were going with him. Yeah, no, I feel like he made the most sense. Everyone expected him to win anyway, so, I mean, that was my logic the entire time. If We all kind of figured he'd be in there. We all kind of figured he might win. And this might be the one time, at least in the last 10, 15 years, where they announce... Like, for example, Batista came back on Raw. That was a return of the company, not, like, to the ring from an injury. But, you know, he was gone for a few years. They announced him back, and he comes back, and he wins the Rumble. Predictable, and no one wanted it. I mean, it probably, it may have been a different story if Brian didn't, you know, have to win that year and should have won instead. I don't know how they would have reacted to Batista. Otherwise, the match just sucked in general. But, um, and him and Orton wasn't exactly an enticing main event for Mania. With Cody, it's a different story because it's predictable, but I don't think predictability in this case is a bad thing. Would you agree? No, I don't think it's... A, I mean, I don't think it's bad that's predictable because I think there's still other options they can go with, but, I mean, I also think if he's in it, he should win it, just depending on the story, but obviously there's other things that sounds like there could be... Like, if The Rock's in there, I think The Rock would easily win, but if no other big like celebrity or big-time wrestler's in there, I think it's Cody all the way, which it should be. Um, but no, I, I, I think he's so beloved when he left. I think it'd be so, I mean, that pop will be huge when he comes back. So I don't think people will, uh, be upset that he wins. I think it's just, it is what it is. Speaking of big cameos in the rumble, we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about who we expect to win, who we expect to be in it, stories to tell, stuff like that. Um, do you think there's a chance Logan Paul comes back early from his injury? And I don't think he ended up having surgery, so it wasn't as bad as they originally thought. The injury he suffered at Crown Jewel, or injuries rather, I think. Um, do you think that we see him in the men's Royal Rumble match to set up whatever he does at WrestleMania? Yeah, I've seen rumors that he that he's supposed to be back for the Rumble. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, obviously, if it's going to push his injury, I wouldn't do it. But, I mean, I think you could kind of, like, you could limit what he does. So, I think it would be a good addition. So, I, I, I think there's a good chance he's in it. Yeah, no, I don't mind that at all. Well, speaking of announcements, uh, they made several announcements. And, again, I'll be all over the place here, but... They made several announcements for Monday's 30th anniversary of Raw. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've talked about this, I think, on Hashtag. We really haven't talked a whole lot about it here on on the show. I'll say this, though. I am very disappointed with how they've built up the show. Um, they announced several big matches in advance, including Bobby Lashley challenging Theory for the United States Championship. Uh, Lashley won the six-pack challenge on Monday's Raw. Uh, Judgment Day, who won the gauntlet match last week on Raw, will challenge the Usos for the Raw Tag Team titles. We know that. Bailey and Becky in a steel cage match, multiple legends, a bloodline ceremony, which we'll get into in a second. So they've announced the whole slate of stuff, which I, I am looking forward to the show. I'm excited for the show. The anniversary shows typically deliver. Um, I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me, but I'm really bummed because I, as, as do you, but I remember a time 10 years ago, crazy to think it's been over 10 years now, where they spent a month and a half building up Raw 1000. Like, every week, a new highlight from a classic Raw, 
and you know they they had the legends come back to face Heath, and they promoted all these things and all these matches and all these segments and whatever, and it was a big and it felt like a big big event. Now this isn't the thousandth episode of Raw, but 30 years of Raw is still a pretty big deal, and I still feel like even though it ended up being a fairly underwhelming show, I was there. The 25th anniversary episode of Raw, five years ago in Barclays, almost exactly five years ago on Raw, I think was probably a bigger deal than what we have coming up on Raw this Monday. I know it's terrible timing with the Royal Rumble next weekend, but I don't know. I don't know about you, but I just expected more from the build to the show. Yeah, I mean, the bill hasn't been great, but, I mean, I think it's going to be a good show. I'm really excited for it, so I think I could say, maybe just me, myself, I think I'm more excited for this than I have the other anniversary or, like, big episodic shows for them. So, I mean, obviously, they didn't really promote it too well and didn't show, like, the old highlights, but, I mean, I can only see Austin with the beer truck a thousand times more, so <laughs> um, there really hasn't been any, like, big, great moments in the last couple of years, so, like, we just literally get a recycling of, of old stuff, so... Um, I'm not totally against it. I just think the show itself is going to be really good, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm bummed that they, you know, I talked about this previously. I think it will be a good show. I am looking forward to it. I am bummed that they haven't really announced any, like, notable names that I'm looking forward to. Like, I know Steve Austin's been on Raw before, but he really hasn't been on Raw in quite a few years. I think the last Raw that he was on, I think, was the COVID Raw three years ago. And I hardly count that because that show sucked. I mean, it was that first Raw without fans three years ago. Uh, we saw him at WrestleMania, but he wasn't on Raw before or after that, I don't believe. Um, Steve Austin, apparently, according to Ric Flair anyway, will not be there because I guess he wasn't available or something. And I said this to you before, I feel like if he's not in the Rumble, I, I'm sorry, if, he, if he's not on Raw, then he has to be in the Royal Rumble. I don't know how you have a 30th anniversary of Raw show and he's not on the fucking show. I know he wasn't at Raw 1000 either, but I think the reason for that was that he just had surgery on his knee or something. Unless he just had surgery that we just don't know of. And he's been training in the gym for months now, so I don't think that's the case. I don't know why you wouldn't have him on the show. I mean, Steve Austin, to me, is Monday Night Raw. I mean, yeah, he's literally WWE Monday Night Raw, and especially in the Attitude Era. I mean, I feel like all those old highlights they show, it's usually all about him. I mean, he was, like, the, the guy at the time, especially for Raw. Um... I mean, not the biggest deal. If he's going to come back at the Royal Rumble, I'd rather save save him coming back for that. But if he's on the Royal Rumble, I don't know why he wouldn't be on it. Yeah, I just don't understand that. So he won't be there. Uh, presumably, maybe he comes out. Maybe Vince returns, and maybe Steve lays him out. But I feel like that would be too similar to the um, segment they did five years ago on the 25th anniversary of Raw when he came out and laid him out. And may, 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 it, Listen, maybe it's an anniversary thing because they did it on the 15-year anniversary show too. Remember that where he laid out all the McMahons? Yeah. Including Linda. I actually really love that 15-year anniversary show. i got to go back and watch that. But, um, yeah, we'll see about Steve. They've announced Taker, Sean, which they should. Taker has not been on Raw. Listen, I know it's, he's not exactly a fresh face, like, oh, someone we haven't seen back on Raw in years or whatever. But, honestly, he is, though. Like, he, we have not... I don't think we've seen him on WWE programming at all since he retired two and a half years ago at Survivor Series 2020, and that was during COVID. I think the last time he would have been on Raw was the, one of the Raws before Mania 36 three years ago again, which, again, the fact that it's been three years is fucking crazy. But, um, yeah, I think the last time he was on Raw was at that point. We have not seen him on Raw since, and he was on that first show, so it makes sense for him to be there. Can't say that I'm overly excited about another DX reunion when we just had them on the fucking season premiere a couple of months ago. I don't really care about that. Billy Gunn won't be there anyway, so I don't know. Is there anyone from that show that you would like that you're thinking, oh, I would like to see on the show? That they're not advertising. I heard Flair tease Hogan. I mean, you know, I I could take or leave that. I guess I don't really think of when I think of Raw. I don't really think of Hulk Hogan. But you know, it's a bummer. Like when I think anniversaries, it doesn't sound like Cena's going to be there. Randy Orton, two people that are synonymous with that show. Um, Edge could come back. I don't know what his deal is. I know for storyline purposes, he may not be there. But it's The Rock, uh, which we'll get into, may be there possibly. But I don't know, for an anniversary show, it feels like a lot of the people that made the show what it was will not be there. Jim Ross, for obvious reasons, it's a bummer. Yeah, I was going to say Cena and Orton, like, that'd be, like, the ruthless aggression raw. Triple H would be the obvious lane, but, yeah, I mean, no one else. I mean, Orton would be pretty cool, you said, or Cena, but no one else that really sticks out. Um, You're going to have Kurt there, which is nice, I guess. Kurt's nice, yeah. Uh, I feel like he was more of a SmackDown guy, but... Yeah, uh, I, you know, Bret Hart's not going to be there either, but the thing is, though, I will say this. 
I know he was a Raw 1000. I think the only thing they fucking had him do on that show was that he was the ring announcer for an Intercontinental title match. And I think either he or someone in his family said they were really fucking pissed off about that because Bret Hart was one of the biggest names in the company's history. And they had him serve as a ring announcer. I mean, that's just a slap in the face. So for a lot of these people, Trish, Lita included, again, two people I associate with Raw as two of the biggest females in that show's history. Instead, we're getting the fucking Bella Twins. Um, when you think of Raw, I think of those women, I think of those people. Honestly, maybe they were offered a deal to come in, and then they just said no, because honestly, it's probably just not worth it. If this is all that you have for me, for example, Bischoff, I said, he said, I don't know if he said no, but he just said he won't be there. On the 25th anniversary show, he came out for like a two-second cameo, and for him, that just may not be worth it. I feel like for a lot of these people, they're at a point now, listen, we've been, we've returned so many times, it just doesn't mean anything. If we're not doing anything notable, then I just don't want to go. No, that's, I mean, I get that. I mean, if there's nothing for them of substance to do, why come in? Like, they've had plenty of those, like, alumni shows or whatever, and the people literally just in a backstage segment, you would, if you blinked, you would miss them on the show, so... Yeah. I definitely understand that as well. Yeah, no, I get that. So we'll see. Uh, maybe, listen, maybe there's some returns that we're just not uh, thinking of or that they might bring in anyway. I feel like if they did have anyone locked in, they wouldn't keep it a surprise. They would have them on the show, advertise them. Um, maybe not. We'll see. But one of the people that could be there that's not advertised, that people are rumbling, oh, is he going to be on Raw, is The Rock. Now, one of the segments for next week that they're advertising, interestingly, is a bloodline ceremony. Do I think he's going to be there? Absolutely not. I, I, I'm not going to say there's not a chance, but I've said so many times, oh, The Rock could show up here. Remember The Rock almost, we always we all thought he was going to show up at Survivor Series last year, 2021. I wore my fucking Rock shirt. I got a Rock uh, spray-on <laughs> tattoo from the Peacock Parlor there. I, didn't, I don't have a Rock tattoo, but I got one of those, you know, spray-on tattoos from the thing. I was all excited. I wasn't like... I didn't want to go burn down the headquarters because he wasn't there, but it was a little weird that they had this 25th anniversary anniversary show for The Rock, and he didn't even send in a fucking video. I mean, that was bizarre to me. Um, but yeah, so they have this Bloodline segment on Monday's Raw coming up, and they said, oh, it's going to be an acknowledgement ceremony. Every generation of the Inawaii family is going to be there. And I ask you, who the fuck is that going to exactly entail? I know the Wild Samoans, the Head Shrinkers, whatever, are going to be there. Probably Rikishi. Is Naomi going to come back? Like, who else is even... Who else could be there that would make sense that's a part of the family that can be there that isn't already dead? I mean, you have the head shrinkers and whatnot. Rikishi, I know. Like, the Wild Samoans, whatever. Cool. They should be there. Who else even is there? I mean, Solo Sokoa is already on the main roster. They're not going to bring in Jacob Fatu. Uh, he's an MLW, and I think they're, they're, there's an issue with MLW that they have anyway legally, so that's not even possible. Um, I, I'm not even really sure who else there would be. They're gonna bring Manu in. Or? I know that's what I'm thinking. I saw that segment. I'm thinking, are they gonna bring in fucking Manu? And the first person I thought of uh, was you. I mean, technically, if you're looking at it like from afar, it's like technically they would if they had like Rikishi there. He he's technically like the, the same generation as the Rock is. So like technically, he could take that generation. I don't know, it's weird, because, like, their family tree's so big and so split up, I don't really know how you define generation, but, uh... Yeah. I mean, the, I'm assuming Rikishi has to be the same age or close to The Rock. I mean, he's 57, how old's The Rock? He's gotta be in his 50s. Oh, Rock's 50... 50 or 51, I think, at this point. 50 on the dot, so yeah, like, they're seven years apart, I mean, I would consider them, like, the same generation, they're cousins, they gotta be, that's pretty close in age, but... Yeah. No, I mean, besides, besides, like you said, besides the people that are already there... It's like Afasika, Rikishi, Na- like, like you said, they're gonna, is it gonna be like Naomi or is it gonna be like Manu? I hope they bring Manu in, honestly, I'd pop. Manu would be cool. I just, I'm thinking, why would you say, and I, if they're just doing this to kind of just cock tease people and they're not actually gonna do anything beyond the head shrinkers and Rikishi, just advertise those people. Just put up a graphic with Rikishi and the head shrinkers in it, um, you know, Afa and Sika and whatever, and then have that be it. Like, why. I, I think to tease people saying, oh, it's going to be every generation of the Anawai family, and then The Rock, obviously he's not going to, they're not going to come back from commercial and The Rock's going to be in the ring. He would obviously come out during said segment. I, I just don't understand, I don't really get why you would advertise that and be conspicuous about it and be all like, oh, mysterious and whatever, and then he's not, then there's only like three people there, or four, I guess if you include Manu, but even then he was in the company for a cup of coffee, so Triple H may not, may not even see that as being worth it. They're going to bring in, again, Lance and is another one. He's an MLW. I don't think they can use him either, so I don't know, but I guess point blank to ask you straight up, do you think The Rock will be there, yes or no? No. No. Do you think they plant the seeds for a Rock Reign match at WrestleMania? Maybe. 
I'm still not convinced The Rock's coming back. We'll talk more about it next week, but I just don't think he's coming back. Just a party pooper. Do, do you think he's? Do you think he has any chance of coming back? I mean, there's a chance, but I just, uh, I think people. I think are... there's always a chance. I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, I think there's a good chance. I, uh, it's tough because I want to say like he has a good chance. Like I never comes back, and I look like a fucking idiot. But yeah, yeah. I think there's a chance. I think that like I'm. I just feel like this year specifically, it's such a perfect opportunity. I feel like he, if he ever wants to come back, which they say he wants to come back, this is literally the perfect time to come back. And like the story's there, Hollywood, yada, yada, yada. Like if this is a good time to come back, it's like the perfect time. Yeah. If it's not, I honestly think it's now or never. I think so too. If it's not at the WrestleMania in Hollywood coming up this year, I'm not really sure when else they would do it, when else he would want to do it. You know, I don't know what his movie schedule looks like, so I still want Cody and Roman though. At the end of the day, I'll tell you that much. I just think the match makes the most sense. I do want Rock and Roman, but I I don't want it to come at the expense of Cody's big moment. And Cody going in there, going in there and losing would also be a big big problem for a different day as well. But um, yeah, well, we shall soon see. We'll find out come Monday's Raw whether the Rock's going to be there or not. So that's the WWE stuff. Um, I do got to mention this, obviously. Obviously, we will. The passing of Jay Briscoe from Tuesday before we get AEW from Wednesday. Uh, just super shocking, dying at the age of 38. He was one half of the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions at the time of his passing. We literally just saw him a month ago, final battle, beating FTR in uh, one of the greatest trilogies of tag team matches I've ever seen personally. FTR and the Briscoes killing it in 2022. Um, some of the best matches, if not the best series of matches, period, last year in any company, in my opinion. Um, a legend in the Ring of Honor, just a legend in general. I mean, one of the greatest names to never go to WWE. Uh, the Briscoes had a lot of success in Ring of Honor, of course. Impact last year. NWA they were in last year. GCW, New Japan. They've held titles all across the world for 20 fucking years. They arrived in Ring of Honor when they were, I think, 18 years old, respectively. Both Mark and Jay. Uh, 13-time tag team champions in that company. Uh, Jay, a former world champion, two-time world champion, in his own right. Um, yeah, just uh, it, it's super sad to see him pass away. And in the fashion in which it happened to a car accident where his kids, we still don't know the status of them, you know, thoughts and prayers are with that family, uh, with the Pew family. That's his real last name. But, um, yeah, the daughters were involved in the wreck. Just a super sad situation all around. Yeah, definitely sad to see. Uh, like you said, I, I'm not too diverse with the Briscoes. I mean, I've seen some of their matches. Um, like I said, a couple of their matches with the FTR this year, which are great. Or last year, I guess you would say. But uh, definitely, at least the timing's definitely sad. Uh, I think his family, I think some of his family is still like in the hospital or kind of not doing well. So that's also tough to see. But uh, hopefully they can pull through if that's if that's going on. But like I said, really sad to see him go. Just it's it's even harder with the young age. Like I said, thirty eight years. Not like he's he's in his late sixties, early seventies. Like still like in his prime and still just a young young man. Young man, I would say. Yeah. Like a fan. yeah. Uh, it's just, it just, it just sucks, honestly. Yeah, no, the whole the whole thing is just tragic. Um, but you mentioned, I know you're obviously not the most avid viewer of Ring of Honor, but listen, I, I remember a time, remember you wrote that article, I don't know how long it was ago, eight, seven years ago, when you wrote that article saying free agents from the independence and you wanted WWE, and you listed the Briscoes. You had known enough about them even at that point to want to see them in WWE. Yeah, they were like, they, I felt like out of time, like them, Adam Cole... Um, they were definitely the big names for Ring of Honor, like Kevin Owens, obviously as well. But yeah, I feel like they might go down as like one of the the best best team or best wrestlers that never like touched WWE. Yeah, I know. Obviously, the story goes is that they were supposed to go and that they were WWE wanted them ten years ago. Actually, would have been ten years ago this year before they made those homophobic remarks. I think it was. It might have been Mark as well. I thought it was. It may have been just Jay. I don't remember exactly, but definitely Jay. He's obviously since apologized about it for it a lot publicly immediately right afterward. I think he did um, on television, various interviews, and proving he was remorseful as well by. Um, you know, how he's treated people in that community and, and, and stuff like that in the last 10 years. And people have talked about that. They came out about that recently, but that was already kind of public knowledge uh, even prior to his passing. But um, that was actually the reason why not only did they not go to WWE, which they would have been in WWE by now, you know, had that not happened. Um, that was also the reason why reportedly they were never featured on AEW television. They brought in all the Ring of Honor people when they bought Ring of Honor last year. They featured them all on TV, 
They were always on the Ring of Honor pay-per-views. They had three Ring of Honor pay-per-views last year. They faced the they faced FTR in all three of them. But um, uh, they were never on AEW television. Going so far as to on the one of the final Dynamites of last year, a couple of weeks ago, they had the Gun Club or the Guns, you know, have to issue the challenge for them to a strap match on Dynamite because they couldn't even show the Briscoes. They couldn't even send in a video because someone at Warner Media didn't want them on the show. Uh, that that's completely subjective as far as whether they should have been, whether those concerns were legitimate. I know again he's apologized for it. That was ten years ago. I don't think everyone on that AEW roster is a saint, so I thought it was ridiculous they were never featured, and now it's a bummer in retrospect, especially now that they they're never gonna have that chance, at least not Jay. Um, to make matters worse, and why I bring this all up is because there was a report today, I think from Meltzer. And again, these things are never confirmed, and Melter has been wrong before, but I can totally believe it because I thought this was the case last night when I heard about them doing a tribute show. They taped a tribute show last night after Dynamite, and I was really hoping that they would do more on Dynamite itself to honor his life and legacy, largely because, let's face it, he fucking worked for Tony Khan, and I don't blame Tony Khan at all in this situation from what we know about the situation, because I think Tony Khan, being one of the biggest Ring of Honor marks there is, would have absolutely done more. They own the footage of Jay Briscoe. They could have had him on the show, or they could have, you know, aired some footage of him on the show, done a 10-bell salute or something, but they merely just aired a graphic, had wrestlers wear armbands for him, and that was the extent of it. And now it's coming out that someone at Warner Media, whoever didn't like him, did not want them to do a tribute show, and that's why not more was done on the show itself. And now we're getting said tribute show on Honor Club, I think, for free in the Ring of Honor YouTube channel, which is fine, I guess, but I thought it was really disappointing that, uh, you know, you're not going to have the family there or Mark there, because, again, they're all... Still grieving. It just happened on fucking Tuesday, obviously. But I don't know. I just thought that was really shitty that they didn't do more for Jay on the show. And again, I don't blame Tony Khan for that personally. Yeah, I don't blame Tony Khan. But like I said, I, it's, I think the whole kind of like blackball of the Briscoe, especially on Warner Brothers, just, it's a shame. Like you said, he, it happened many years ago. He's apologized multiple times. I mean, at what point does the guy get out of it? Like, you just, you just can't, you can't ever get past it. I mean, Especially after the guy passed away, like you said, it just—it's also. Yeah, and as tragically as it happened too, it wasn't like like you said, like the guy's sixty, seventy, whatever. And again, I mean, some some stuff does live with people forever, and I understand that. And you know, we can argue about that all day, but I mean, at least in his case, he he's shown he was remorseful and he's made amends and he's apologized for it a lot. It was ten years ago. I don't think it's justifiable in my own opinion, but I don't think this is debatable at all. I mean, I think it's really fucking shitty they didn't do more for him on the show or specifically that warner media uh didn't allow for it i think that's really fucking awful in my personal opinion but uh like i said he will be missed i i had a chance to meet him once six seven years ago at a ring of honor show i was always a big briscoe's fan i haven't been watching ring of honor since 02 but in the time i have been watching the product for the better part of the past 10 years uh the briscoe's were always my favorite team and uh, they've killed it especially the last year specifically in all these various promotions uh they had a lot of success and to see that run come to a, an end, and uh, it, it's just sad. They had that amazing dog collar match at Final Battle that I really, really liked, and uh, man, it's just the whole thing is tragic. And moreover than the wrestling stuff, the guy had a family, he had a wife, he has two kids that are in critical critical condition right now. The whole thing is just sad. So, uh, like you said, hopefully they are doing better, they, they get well, and uh, you know, thoughts and prayers are with them. As far as Dynamite goes, before we wind down here, as we wind here down here rather, I thought it was a fine show. <clears throat> I know you said earlier before we hit record that you thought it was a significant step down from the last two weeks. Um, I don't know if it was a major step down to me, but I, I, I liked the show, but it definitely was not as hot as the last two weeks. Still, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, what were your thoughts in a nutshell? I know we don't really go through specifics of Dynamite, but in a nutshell, what, what did you really think about the show and what stood out to you? What did you like, what did you not like? Yeah, I just thought, like I said, I think, I mean, they also kind of hot shot the last couple of weeks, especially with the... Uh the show at the Kia Forum, but I thought, like they said, I thought it was a fine show, it was alright, but nothing really kind of like was amazing to me, I thought Danielson and Bandito was probably the best match of the night, like I said, I didn't overly love it, it was more like chain submission wrestling, which is in my like, forte, but I thought that was probably the best match of the night, um, I mean, Darby and, and Kushida was surprisingly more competitive than I thought it was going to be, I mean, Kushida literally brought Darby to the limit and almost beat him, I mean, it took... I, I like the way they stole told him. Like, damn, is Darby really gonna lose here? And uh, just like I mean, he kind of like rolled them up. Or it's like a move that he does. What is it like? It's like a kind of cradle. It's a special cradle that Darby does. I can't think of it as a name or not. Oh, the um, isn't it called the Last Supper or something like that? 
don't know. It's something weird. Like, it kind of is like a crucifix-style-esque pinfall. Like, yeah, it's called the first supper, like, something like cool, that. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty cool move. It is cool, yeah. He literally was in a submission and just pulled that out. Um, but it was a good match. Um, the Jericho appreciation stuff's terrible. Like, the Jake Hager match, you said, like you said, it was kept short and sweet. But, I mean, the guy's goofing around with a stupid fucking hat. Ricky Stark's putting it on. He's walking on the ropes like a goof with fucking holding Jake Hager's hand. I mean, just awful i can't stand the whole jas stuff it's never been good it's not getting any better um i mean the orange cast thing was it is what it is didn't watch the bucks match um i thought the women's match was like decent i don't know why tony and soraya like randomly turned heels like like it's not even like willow beat her tony won and then they just got up and started beating her up it didn't really make much sense but uh I guess we'll see their their turning heel, their teasing turning heel. I don't know, um, but that was like I said, that was a solid show. But I thought it was a significant step back in the past few weeks. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't much that stood out as far as storyline developments from a wrestling standpoint. I did like the show. Um, I liked the top, actually, most of the matches. I, I I enjoyed. I thought Bucks and Top Flight had a great match. I would assume that they're probably going to do the Elite against Top Flight and Ar Fox, right? Not a Revolution. I think that's a TV match, but. Um, you think they do that on TV coming up soon? Yeah. For the trios titles. And you're not going to be watching that, I'm sure. No. I, I Gymnastics is on the gymnastics channel. <laughs> I didn't think so. But I'll be looking forward to that. Um, I really did like Danielson and Bandito. I thought they had an awesome match. I just, I don't know. I just love Danielson. Listen, it's the same lazy build that we've gone for most MJF feuds lately. Where, oh, you got to go through these opponents, blah, blah, blah. I hate that, too. I, 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 I agree. I agree. I'm looking to the positives here, and I will bitch about it. I'm not going to overlook the negative, but um, I agree. It's lazy. On the plus side, we're getting great matches out of it. I, I loved him and Takeshka last week, and uh, Bandito, was, I, I thought, was fucking awesome. And they got a ton of time. I love that. Um, I will say, though, I, I, I love those two matches, and I'm sure this match is going to be good, too. Brian Cage means nothing. I like how they tried to, like make you care. Oh, he's paying him off, and that's why they're doing the match, and he slapped him. It's like, I appreciate the effort and the attempt. It's not like they just randomly announced Brian Cage. They attempt to make it mean something, but no one gives a shit. I mean, there's so many people in the AEW roster that I would rather see Danielson up against at this point. We don't know how much time he has left than fucking Brian Cage, although the match should be good, but uh, listen, I know they want to do a big Danielson versus like a monster match. They haven't done that yet. Uh, I don't know if Cage is that guy, but I guess it's better than Lance Archer, who also not been on the show in quite some time. I was going to say, we always talk about the heels. It's literally Brian Cage or Chris, or Lance Archer at this point. Yeah, I know they have Joe, but I'm glad they're not doing Joe. Danielson and Joe would be awesome because, you know, given their history in the Ring of Honor, but that's not a show. That's not a match you just throw out on TV um, with no build, and, you know, that would be silly. Danielson's beating people that aren't going to beat him. It's it's obvious. Um, a little bit more credible competition would be better. People that we think that could actually beat him, but I mean, the outcomes aren't really in doubt. But I love that match. Um, I really did like Kushida and Darby Allen. I'm a big Kushida mark. Uh, great to see him actually utilized in a main event on a main uh, on a show as opposed to being in a tag team called Let Me Check My Notes Jacket Time on NXT. So that was a nice, uh, you know, refreshing change of pace for him. I like Lethal and Cassidy. Um, that whole feud's kind of filler to me. I don't really care, but the match was good. The JAS garbage is just terrible. Um, it's really fucking dumb. Uh, I, I like Ricky Starks a lot. I, I, I don't mind. Here's the thing. The Starks-Jericho feud I don't mind because it helps elevate Starks, and I'm hoping it will ultimately elevate Action Andretti. But JAS is so bad. It's some of these some of these segments are just hard to stomach. Um, do you think Adam Page is getting back with um, the Elite because he teased, oh, i got to go mend some fen- fences. I assume he's not talking about CM Punk. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it's not the Dark Order. Are they even still a thing? I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, people are like, oh, is it the Dark Order? Is it Punk? Is it the Elite? I, to me, it was pretty clear it was the Elite, but I would rather see that and them. Listen, they, they, they've told that story over so many years. I'm honestly kind of glad they're paying that off or continuing it, not forgetting about it. Um, but yeah, the Dark Order, no thanks. Just end that shit and move on. They are still a thing. Jesus. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, I guess. I feel like they already did the whole, like, him with the Elite and then broke off and then he's already going to get back with them. I don't know. I it's been like long been... enough, though, I would say. I would I would say. Uh, I guess. You know, because they were going to do it coming out of All Out last year and then they got suspended, did uh, did the remaining Elite members. So uh, I'm fine with that. I, w- I don't really want to see them as part of, like, a group, 
But to make yeah, amends with them? What do you do with them? Because he's aligned with them? Like, I don't, I don't no, I mean, that. I think he could be friends with them. He doesn't have to be teaming with them every week or whatever. Um, I do want to see Paige... You know, we talked about it last week. His match with Moxley was awesome, and I want to see him build off of that and become a meaningful single star. But I think another issue with AEW, we've talked about it before, no fucking heels, dude. They have MJF. They have Jericho. What other meaningful heels do they have beyond that? Joe, to an extent, but he's more Ring of Honor anyway. I'm not sure when we're going to see him next. Don't say Brian Cage. Don't say Lance Archer. Miro's not even on the show. You know, Jay Lethal's a stepping stone. I like Lethal a lot, but he's a stepping stone. Uh, again, suspended. Don't know. No, no, no status. No status update on him. What did he push Sammy, and we haven't seen him in three months? That's a little bit excessive, don't you think? <laughs> what about uh, me? Yeah, I mean, what what happened to him? I think he's in the back of the milk carton. And don't say the firm either. Uh, Big Bill. Oh God, it's just Eat it's. The page. I don't know. That's literally like the next step down. I it's mean, slim pickings at this point. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's very slight at this point. And they got great baby faces. That's the problem. It's not a roster issue. They got Danielson, Darby, Hangman, Moxley, uh, so many people on the baby face side. And there's Orange Cassidy. Moxley's probably more of a tweener. I don't know if I'd say he's a baby face per se, but he's not really doing healer stuff. In any ways, you just beat him anyway, so it's not like you're gonna continue that feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. They got to figure their heel side of the roster out. They have a lot of great baby faces. Kenny's on the baby face side. Orange Cassidy, say what you will about him, but he's over as he is. Uh, He's a big baby face, so they got to figure that shit out. Uh, One last thing on Dynamite before we wrap up here. Uh, You mentioned it, but the heel turn. It really struck me as random, and I'm surprised you didn't text me. I know you said you were thinking about it, but I was thinking the same thing you were. Like, the fuck did that come from? Soraya has been coming across as disingenuous lately with only one other segment pointing me in that direction. When she said a week or two ago, oh, I'm going to team with the best women's wrestler in the world, Tony Storm, which was a fucking bitch, the Sheeta, who was sitting right next to her. I'm like, that's a little weird. But didn't you think that Sheeta was going to turn heel? And now it's like, but then here's the thing, though. It looked like Sheeta was going to turn heel, but now it's now it's Soraya and Tony, and that's confirmed. But then why did they do the whole bit last week with Sheeta throwing in the thing and then Britt Baker taking it? It looked like Sheeta was like, oh, she did it on purpose, and now I'm not really sure what to think. Yeah, and also Jamie and Britt are heels anyway. Yeah. So like, are they, uh, it goes back to what we talked about last week. Do you think Hater and Baker are going to be baby faces? Because you said Baker gets cheered anyway. Yeah, but you'd have to turn them. I feel like you're not just going to make up oh, their baby faces now. I, I, they, I, I agree. I think they might do that, though. That's lazy, but I agree. I, I think that I think that might be what they what they do. I, I, I guess I don't know. I don't know, dude. I want to see Hater on her own. I don't, I don't, I think she should have ditched Baker a while ago. Yeah, Brit turn on. I mean, Brit should turn on Hater anyways. But like, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would turn Brit on Hater sooner rather than later. But I wouldn't just turn the both baby faces because then what's it going to take? Then it's going to take even longer for the turn. I just, yeah, no, I agree, but then I think they're going to be both baby faces because what they're doing here, and I like this idea, but it looks like they're setting up like the WWE women, Ruby Soho is probably turning on Willow soon, against the AEW Originals, Baker, Hater, um, Willow probably, uh, maybe Mellow and Jay, but if they do that, they're both heels, so how much sense does that make? I don't know, the whole thing sounds convoluted, but, you know, people talked about this, I think I answered this on Hashtag, but... An AEW women's war games match, blood and guts could be where this is headed. And listen, we got the blood and guts on Rampage last week, so I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked that that's the direction they're going in anyway, which I like, but it just kind of feels forced. Yeah, if that's the way they're going, it's extremely forced. Yeah, I just kind of, I don't know. Storm and Soraya were specifically baby faces a week or two ago. That's one Soraya comment kind of made me think that that they were that she might be turning heel. But then again, I just. Is it not bizarre to you that they built up, oh, Soraya's back in the ring for the first time in five years, and it's this great comeback, feel-good story, and then she turns heel. Like, literally, suddenly, too. It just feels like I missed chapters 8, 9, and 10 before getting to chapter 11. No, I completely agree. So, they gotta fix that shit. But beyond that, though, I've been digging the show. They've gotten a vibe, and they've gotten their mojo back. Um, So, I've I've been digging the shows, and hopefully they can continue that going forward. Um, Dynamite's been a, uh, a much stronger show lately than it was back in 2022. And I know, I know we're only three weeks in, but so far so good. I look forward to the Rumble next week, Mr. Marceau. We're going to have picks, previews, predictions, like I said, for that next week. Um, we'll probably have to record early. I'm actually flying out on Thursday, so actually like the afternoon. So we'll see. Maybe we'll figure something out. We'll talk about the Rumble. Um, you're in the midst of watching all the Rumbles right now, actually. Any which one stand out to you in particular that you're enjoying at the moment? 
Oh, 03 is so good. I love that Royal Rumble. That's um, an underrated Rumble, I would say. Very underrated. I mean, 04 is pretty good, too. I mean, no one can ever talk about it because who won it, but uh, yeah. I think 04 is still good. It has a lot, of, like I said, the 03 and 04, like, they have a lot of star power, but the middle class is also really good. Yeah. Looking back at the, I'm starting to get into the Ruthless Aggression era, and there's a lot of just, like, no-namers that had no chance on winning, so. I like the 03 and 04 one, the, my favorite one so far, um, but I think it'll get a little bit better here. Yeah, I could see some comparisons between the like the 0304 Rumble with like Mark Jindrake and then this year's Rumble with like Omas. They kind of feel like they cancel each other out. Yeah. And then Luther Reigns and that whole company of people, but Ugh, uh, brutal. I got to get into the I got to watch. I got to watch. I got to catch up on the Rumbles before uh before next week and going to get in Rumble mode, but uh the 08 Rumble this year celebrates 15 years since the uh the 15 year anniversary of the 08 Rumble. So got to watch that. that. I assume you're watching that after the 07 one's over. Yes, I'm going in order here. Yeah. Uh, definitely send me uh, a picture of that when you watch it. But we'll be back on the show next week discussing that. Uh, be sure to check out the show every single week, every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, miss a new episode. Never miss a new episode, rather. Don't miss it. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Have an awesome one from Marcel. I'll catch you next week. Later, man. Adios, brother. Adios, brother.